Amen. Luke chapter 21, and I'm going to read beginning with verse number 20 down through verse 28. So a little lengthily reading this morning. And when ye shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, then know that desolation thereof is nigh. Then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let them which are in the midst of it depart out, and let them, and let not them that are in the countries enter therein too. For these be the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. But woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck to those days. For there shall be great distress in the land and wrath upon his people. And they shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars. And upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power, and great glory. And when these things began to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. I just want to remind you this morning the coming of the Lord is very, very near. God, help us this morning to speak what you have laid upon our heart to this congregation for this season and this moment for this congregation. I pray that the heart of every here today receives the word of God with gladness. And God, that somehow today we are reminded of your imminent return and recognize, God, that we must be ready. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. You can be seated this morning. I would suppose that sometimes we all struggle with the question of whether some things are worth the struggle. Is the joy worth all of the pain? Will the reward be worth the sacrifice? Will the blessing be worth the pain? And I came with a very simple message this morning, perhaps. Certainly didn't come to wow you with excellency of speech today, but came this morning to remind you that the coming of the Lord is very near. I don't know when He's coming. I'm not foolish enough to predict when he is coming. 
Some have tried and failed. But I came to remind you today that Jesus is coming. And His coming is very soon. In Matthew chapter 16, Jesus Himself said that His return was very soon. And reading through it, one could even think that His coming was going to be in that very day. The Apostle Paul continually wrote about the imminent return of Jesus Christ. And when you read through the Pauline epistles, you will read him again and again reminding us that the return of Jesus Christ is soon upon us. Since man has predicted the day, some have even tried to nail it down very recently, but the scripture says that No man knows the day nor the hour of the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. The scripture says that he will come like a thief in the night. He will come in an hour that we think not. Several pointers in scriptures gives us some insight into the coming of the Lord. There are prophecies that must be fulfilled before the coming of the Lord. And there are signs that the Scripture gives us to watch for that are all keys to us having uh, knowledge that Jesus Christ's return is very, very soon. Men have predicted the day. Men have tried to figure it out, but nobody's been able to. I remember in 1988, I was a freshman at Texas Bible College, and there was a man that wrote a book, and the book circulated, and I got a hold of the book, and it was 88 88 reasons why that Jesus is coming in 1988. Anybody else read the book? I read the book, none of you. I read the book. It circulated Texas Bible College. The prayer rooms were full. We were getting ready because we thought the coming of the Lord was perhaps going to be in that very year. As a matter of fact, I think one of the failed mistakes was that he even pinned down a specific day that he felt the coming of the Lord was going to to be and people watched for it. I remember that very day. That was probably the most spiritual and most prayed up time. And then there was the year 2000 and the Y2K. How many of you remember that? Any of you buy any uh, meals and put them away? Some of you did. You still have them. (laughs) Then recently there was September the 23rd, you know, another prediction. I just did a quick research of famous predictions. These are not random uh, predictions, but of famous predictions of more than 100, a list of the 100 most famous predictions of the coming of the Lord. (coughs) Some of them all the way up to very, very recent. And somebody proved in the numerical system of why September the 23rd was wrong, and now they're saying that it has to be adjusted 
It's going to be mid-October, either October 14th or October 15th, so just get ready. So while I make a little light of that and speak in jest this morning, I don't know that I have ever lived in a day nor seen a time when all of the scriptural fulfillment of scriptural prophecies have all been fulfilled. And all of the pointers and markers that the scripture gives us to consider the coming and return of the Lord appear to all be in place. It would lead me to believe that the coming of the Lord is very, very soon. I don't know when he is coming. I would not attempt to predict. I, uh, many have missed prediction and lost, and, and lost uh, credibility with many people because of their prediction of timetables. But I do come today to tell you that even the Lord Jesus Christ said his return was very soon. I come to remind you today that if the coming of the Lord was soon in Jesus' day or the Apostle Paul's day, it is certainly soon today. I don't know when, but I do want to remind you that we also live in a time when men are beginning to scoff at the idea that there is going to be a return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Some philosophers are even preaching doctrines that the word rapture is not in the Scripture and that they are beginning to take some of these things and saying that the return of Jesus was, uh, was put in for some different reasons and purposes, but it is not a realistic event that is going to happen. I, I declare this morning that this perhaps points us in another key marker that there is going to be those in the last days that are going to fall away from truth. And there's going to be many that are going, the love of many are going to wax cold, the Bible says. There's going to be some that absolutely perhaps reach the point of saying their faith is too low to believe that there will ever be a second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. But I want to tell you that the church needs to keep heaven in view. When I was a kid, I remember growing up singing and our songs were continually about heaven. They said, pardon me, they said perhaps it was because our lives were so miserable that we were just trying to escape. But I believe there was more to it than that. Because I believe when the theme of heaven began to leave the church, the fear of hell began to leave the church. We don't hear much preaching about heaven, but we certainly don't hear much preaching about hell. We don't sing about heaven the way we used to. We don't talk about heaven the way that we used to. Our prayers become complaints about this life here and asking God and petitioning God to make life better, to give us a better quality of life, to give us more things that make us feel better and enjoy life here more 
than what we're presently enjoying life. We ask for blessings of our bank accounts. We ask for money to build more, to have more, to become more, and to have more attachments here and now. When in fact Jesus is telling us to not lay up treasure here because the moths are going to come in and the rust is going to come in and fire is going to burn. And the scripture over and again begins to tell us to not Fall in love with this life. Don't get caught up in this world. Don't lose faith, child of God. Don't reach a point of starting to think that the coming of the Lord is not near because we don't come in every service and sing what we have a time when we get over yonder. We don't sing heaven's jubilee. We don't sing I'll fly away. Those songs seem to become relics in the church today for a more, uh, a more contemporary feel and sound of music. And this isn't about music this morning, but this is about the theme of the church, that we have lost sight of heaven and we've lost our fear of hell. And our focus has become on the here and the now. I pray this morning that I I could shake this church to its very core to realize and recognize that the coming of the Lord is very soon. Even our preaching styles have changed. When I was a kid, I remember hearing the preachers as they would preach, and they would preach hell so hot it would cause me to get up and run to the altar. They would preach heaven so near that Gabriel would have the trumpet to his lips, and the Lord has his hand raised and is about to point for him to begin to blow, and the altars would fill up, and people would pray, and people would seek the face of God, and the waters of baptism would be stirred and people would be saved because of conviction preaching but we've moved to more of a self-help feel good go about your day better than you were yesterday kind of preaching and we've lost the thought that there is really a heaven to gain and there is really a hell to shun can I come this morning and tell you that I do believe we're living in the last days I do believe Gabriel has the trumpet to his lips and Jesus is just about to say sound the trumpet it's time to call the church home don't lose faith child of God don't lose faith in these these weary days don't lose faith in these last days in which we're living we have come too far to turn back now We've come too far to turn around. We've come too far to let things get in our way. We've come too far to let offenses get in the way. We've come too far. We've given too much. We've sacrificed too too long for us here at these last days to give up and to throw in the towel. We can't turn around now. My mom and dad didn't sing too often, but... 
one of the songs that they would sing when I was a kid growing up. I would hear them sing, Is that the lights of home I see? Do I feel a breeze from the crystal sea? Is that the Lord standing by on heaven's balcony? If that's the lights of home, it's a welcome sight to me. I know today some of you may have come in and you may have come to another Sunday morning service just like you do every Sunday morning. But this preacher's coming today telling you if you're not ready for the coming of the Lord, don't leave today until you get ready. For no man knows the day. No man knows the hour. Don't let some little petty thing in your life keep you out of heaven. It's not worth being lost over. Nothing is worth being lost over. I'm not struggling today. There's nothing wrong in my life today. My boy's sick, but God's going to make him better. I believe it. I don't come today preaching for some with some kind of vengeance. I didn't come today with some prepared message. Because I had somebody in particular in my targets. But I come this morning with a passion to see everybody saved before it's too late. Somebody said, well, I'm not quite where I need to be. Stop waiting. Well, I'm not where I used to be. Get back where you used to be. Well, I know if the Lord come, I might not be ready. Shame, let's do it today. I'll stop this message right now to pray with somebody that's got to get ready for the Lord because it's more important that you be saved than it is that I say what I prepared to say to you this morning. I hope to get through to somebody this morning that hell is real and heaven is real. If we quit preaching about hell, and we quit preaching about heaven. It leaves us nothing to do but to fall in love with this world. And there is more in Scripture about not clinging to this world and not having attachments to this world, not being caught up in this world. And what you're going to find, many other subjects in Scripture. I tell you, we live in a day when people are so in love with the world they're so enamored with their flesh. They're so enamored with what feels good, what makes their life better, what gets them by today better than yesterday. Oh, I come this morning to tell you, child of God, you must be ready. So what if the Lord didn't come Tomorrow, what if he doesn't come next week? What if he doesn't come in this year or even in this decade or in the next century as preachers have been preaching over and over again for eons of time? I'm going to tell you that while I don't have an answer of when he's going to come, neither do I have an answer of when you're going to go meet him. What is even more frightening for one that is not ready to meet the Lord is not as much his imminent return as it is that no man knows the day nor the hour that he's coming, but nobody knows the day in which the Lord's going to call you out of this life. You better live every day ready to meet the Lord. 
I come serious and I come strong with you this morning. Maybe I'll come back tonight and be a little more lighthearted. Maybe not. I'm not sure what I'm going to preach tonight because what I feel on me so deep right now that I need the Lord to, 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 to help me deliver my soul to this congregation this morning. I told you I wasn't coming with eloquent, eloquent words, but I'm coming this morning with passion and I'm coming this morning to tell you that Jesus Christ return is near but if he doesn't come when are you going to go do you know do you know when your heart's going to take its last beat do you know when your last breath is going to be taken no you don't you don't know when when your last day is going to be all you know is that he's given you this moment and you need to be ready today I hope this message is getting through to somebody today. The Apostle Paul said it. He said, it's written that eye hasn't seen nor ear has heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. We have a hope this morning. We don't live in fear. My tears this morning, my tears this morning is not tears of sorrow. My tears this morning is passionate tears of love as I'm reaching for a congregation today. Some who have grown cold and indifferent. Some who may be here today that has never truly given your life to the Lord. My tears today is a pleading with you. Don't be lost. Don't let something get in the way. Don't let a fence get in the way. Don't let some little petty something keep you out of heaven. I've got to make the city. I've got to make the city. Can't let anything get in my way. I gotta make this city. I have a hope. It's beyond this world. I know your struggles in this life are real. I know they're difficult. I understand the troubles in this life. But the scripture said, lift up your head, for your redemption draweth nigh. When I begin to look around me at all the things that's happened. Over the last few weeks and last few months, my goodness, the coming of the Lord must be near. When has it ever been that nations have ever been so divided against nations? We thought it would be outside. I never thought I would live to see a day when the United States of America was divided among itself. We are living in a day of great division. It's Bible prophecy. We live in a day where there's hurricanes and earthquakes and, 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 and eclipses all happening at the same time. Politics around the world is all messed up. Missiles are pointed at the United States. Threat of nuclear war all around us. What in the world are we waiting for? What are we looking for? What last in time thing are you looking for? Are you waiting for God to tap you on the shoulder? Maybe he sent this old time preacher this morning to come to this pulpit and tap you on the shoulder and say he's coming very soon. have a hope. My hope's not attached here. If my hope is only in this world, the Apostle Paul said I would be of all men most miserable. But my hope is not in this world. My hope is that I want to be ready when he comes. 
James chapter 4 says, what's life? It's a vapor. Oh, you think life is good? You think everything's going good? I was talking to my niece this morning. We have a hereditary issue that is in our family. My father has it. My brother has it. I have it. She perhaps has it. Perhaps her young son has it. And we were talking about it today. And and we don't know. Uh, Back in uh, December, on December 23rd, uh, just a little random sickness that uh, would not affect many people in many ways stopped my heart for about seven minutes. Minutes, if it had not have been for the hand of the Lord and for a praying son and wife that were praying with me and over me and my son, the first thing I remember when I opened my eyes was hearing my son speak. I speak life back into that body. I speak life back into that body. I, I didn't have any idea when I was sitting here at the office two hours earlier planning a Wednesday night Bible study, getting ready. I didn't know that my heart was going to stop for seven minutes back in my home two hours later I had no clue that was going to happen I look around this room and think of the close calls and think of all the things that has happened over this congregation various accidents and events and occurrences that could have so quickly taken your life some diagnosis that could have just took a little shift in a different way and would have taken your life from you I want you to know it is the grace and the mercy of God that you are here this morning if you're think you're here because you deserve it you're missing the boat we're here because he's gracious we're here because he's better to us than what we ever deserved <coughs> he's been so good to us he's been so good to us oh we have a hope we have a hope John said, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you, Jesus said. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. Those are red letters. That where I am, there you. Look at your neighbor and tell them that's me and you. Maybe also. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 12 chapter, I knew a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I can't even tell. He was having visions and dreams. He didn't even know where he was at. He said, I knew a man. I don't even know whether I was here or there or what was going on. It was a, I was in a spiritual time. And he said, I was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words that is not even lawful for man to utter. He's talking about heaven. He said, I saw unspeakable things that I can't. He tells us I hasn't seen and ear hasn't heard. He tells us everything that he possibly can tell us, but then he just has to stop. And he said, it's unlawful for me to even tell you the things I saw. And if I told you, you wouldn't even believe me. So John's description would have to work. In Revelation chapter 21 and verse number 2, he said, I, John, saw the holy holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them. And he will be their God. And God shall wipe. Not man. God's going to reach over and wipe every tear. 
Oh, pastor, if you knew what I'm going through, that's why you got to be ready for the city. You're not going to have any comfort at the other place. But I'm going to tell you in heaven, God's going to wipe every tear from your eye. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, neither crying, neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Right, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega. The beginning and the end. I will give to him that is a thirst of the fountain of life of water freely. And he that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God and he shall be my son. John goes on to describe it. He said it's a city built four square. He said the walls are jasper overladen with 11 precious stones and 12 gates are 12 pearls and the streets are transparent gold. And verse 23, he said, And the city had no need for the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it. And the Lamb is the light thereof. John goes on to say there's going to be no tears and no pain and no sorrow and no weeping. I know some of you came in this morning with issues in your home, issues in your family, issues in your life that are driving you to weeping. But I come this morning to tell you, don't let that get in the way of making the city. Because in that city, there will be no more tears, no more weeping, no more sickness, no more pain, no more issues. When you get there... Signs of the time are everywhere. We look around, signs in the heavens, earthquakes around the world, hurricanes of epic proportions and incredible numbers, the changing of the seasons. They're saying that earthquakes so large that it literally shifts and changes the time. It's all part of biblical prophecy of the last days. Nations rising against nations. All of these things coming to pass. The Bible said when you see these things, lift up your head. Come on, church. This is no time to walk around downtrodden. This is no time to get discouraged. This is no time to let little petty things. And when I say petty things, I'm talking about anything that is attached to this earth. Don't let anything. I wish I could get this across to somebody this morning. Don't let anything keep you from making heaven. Don't let anything keep you from making heaven. Whatever you do, you got to make this city. Lift up your head. Get your head all lifted up. Get your eyes off of the things that are around you. Get your eyes off of the problem. Get your eyes off of the situation around you. Lift up your head. Look up for your redemption. Draweth nigh. <coughs> Child of God, if you're not ready, don't leave here today without getting ready. There's hope for you. Here's what Jesus said. Whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. 
He's not going to force it down your throat. You're going to have to want it. But if you want the salvation that I'm trying to preach to you this morning, I want to tell you it is the free gift of grace. If you will repent of your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, don't leave this morning. We'll baptize you in Jesus' name. We've got ministers standing by. We've got garments for you to wear and towels to dry you off and a nice clean place for you to be able to change. And you can leave here having been baptized in the only saving name of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I want you to know this morning that God is here he's here to meet with you we have altar workers that are just anxious for an opportunity to come pray with you and he will fill you with the baptism of his spirit it is the gift of God it is his spirit he is wanting to give it to you you've got to want to drink it if any man thirst if you're here this morning wanting it if you're thirsty for it let him come and drink of the water of life freely And Paul said it like this. He's talking about receiving the Holy Ghost. He said, it's just the earnest of your inheritance. You know what earnest is, right? It means when you're going to go buy something, but you got to go to the bank and work it out, you give them a little cash on the side to hold it till you get back. He said, I'm going to give you the Holy Ghost because it's just the down payment. I'm going to come back. He said, I'm just going to, what you feel, oh man, I like what I feel. That's just the down payment. The Holy Ghost, Christ in you, is just the down payment. As great as it is and wonderful as it is, it's just the down payment. Hey, making the city is what it's all about. What you feel this morning is the down payment. It's the earnest. I feel my preach coming this morning. Somebody needs to understand. All you have is the down payment. You haven't received the reward. What's the reward going to be? The Apostle Paul said it's unlawful for me to even tell you all of it. But there's some things that I can tell you. I'm quickly closing this morning. But when we get there, I can tell you that there's some that made their calling and election sure. And when we get there, we're going to see some saints of old. We're going to be able to go talk to some of those that fought a good fight and kept the faith and finished the course. And when I get there, there's even some old saints that I was privileged to be able to preach to and worship with. And they're going to be there. I'm confident of it. I'm confident of it. And when we get there, I'm going to look them up. And when I find them, we're going to have a time of rejoicing because the Bible said we're going to know them as we are known. So I believe when I get there, I'm going to recognize them just like I did down here. Just going to recognize them with no pain in their body, no sickness, no fear, no worry, no doubt, no broken bones, no twisted limbs, no no nervous situations, no pressure, no stress. When I get there, I'm going to see my mama. (laughs) She's gone on before me about 20 years. But when I get there, she's not going to have cancer there. She's not going to be worried about her kids there. But when I get there, I'm going to get to see her, and she's going to get to meet my twins for the first time. When I get there, I'm going to get to see my great-grandpa Rogers. I hadn't seen him since I was about seven. He passed away at 91 years old. He's going to be proud. 
I know he will. That he had a great-grandson that is preaching the gospel that he gave everything for way back then when he received the Holy Ghost in Houston and was the first man that came north into southeast Texas and went to Newton and began to went to Newton, Texas and began to hold a prayer meeting in old brush arbors until, until circuit riding preachers would come through and hold revivals and today there's more apostolics through that region of the land than anywhere else because of men like Papa Rogers that gave it all and he's got a great grandson that's still preaching Acts 2.38 that still believes that the coming of the Lord is We're going to have a reunion, folks. I still remember Sister Rutley sitting right there where Brother Ron's sitting. She got me with a pen a time or two. We're going to have a reunion. Brother and Sister Percival, how many of you remember them? They've gone on to be with the Lord, but we're going to have a reunion. Brother Fishback, I believe he's going to make it there. I think we're going to see him there. And we're going to have a reunion. We're going to, the Mulbergs, I believe they're going to be there. I was able to preach his funeral a few years ago, but I believe that we're going to see him there. It's not going to be long until it's going to be time for us to have our reunion. Brother and Sister Price, we're going to see him there. Moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas. Come on, ladies and gentlemen. We cannot lose sight of heaven. We can't lose the joy of heaven. We can't lose the joy that is set before us. Put the prize before us. Don't look back. Start looking forward by faith. Don't let anything get in the way and declare, I'm going to make the city. I'm closing this morning. Somebody said, well, pastor, I would, I would, I'd serve the Lord, but you got so many do's and don'ts in the church. I'm going to tell you, it isn't going to matter over there. It isn't going to matter. It's going to be worth it all. Every sacrifice made, every bit of time spent, every sermon you endured, every song you sung, every choir practice, every dollar you gave or money you fundraised and every service you attended, you're not going to look at it with regret. It'll be worth it all when we put on our garment of white and begin to sing a new song. Angels are going to step aside and they're going to want to join in that heavenly chorus when those that are washed in the blood begin to sing. Holy is the Lamb. Worthy is the name of the Lord. Oh, why don't you just lift your hands right where you are? Revelation chapter 22, verse 12 closes out with the theme of this message today, wrapping up the book, wrapping up the entire 66 books of the Bible. The 22nd chapter, and I believe it's about the 12th verse. The scripture says, the Lord said, behold, I come quickly. There's my word for you today. The Lord is saying his return is very soon. If you are not ready today, I wouldn't leave here without being ready. I wouldn't leave here this morning. I wouldn't walk away from this moment without being ready. I wouldn't worry about, well, I'm afraid somebody's going to say something if I step out from where I am. Listen, you're not going to worry about who says something when that day comes. You're not going to be worried about who thinks what or who says what. 
this would be a good time for you to step out. Heads are bowed. Eyes are closed. We make it as easy as possible where nobody watches you walk forward. People are going to step forward with you this morning as you begin to step out, as you're making your decision right now. People are already coming now. As you step out from where you are, go ahead, join them now. This is a good time. The whole congregation is moving right now. Step out with them. Come. Make your calling an election sure. This is a good moment for you. Come on, we got to be ready. We got to be ready. We've got to be ready. Oh, we've got to be ready. For above all else, I must be saved. Oh, for I must be saved. Come on, respond in your own way today. If you want to come kneel, that's fine. If you want to come stand, that's fine. But everybody should be responding to the word of the Lord today. I must be saved. Oh, for whatever. Could you have serious talk with the Lord this morning? Come on, connect with Him in your prayer right now. Oh, yes, I must be saved. I must be saved for whatever you have to do to me. Don't. For eternity, for above, I must be saved. I must be saved. One more time with hands lifted high toward heaven as surrender unto the Lord. 
must be saved. what I'm going to ask you to do. If it's appropriate to connect with somebody next to you, I just want you to do that right now. I want you to step over to somebody, two or three people maybe, and let's just gather together in little groups this morning. This is just a little signal that to the enemy that we're not fighting alone and we're not going to try to do this by ourselves, but we've got somebody that is on board with us. We're going to make this city together. What do you say today? We're going to make the city together. We're not going to fight alone. We're not going to try to make it by ourselves, but we're going to encourage one another. How many of you know you needed an encourager? You needed somebody to speak a word of faith into your spirit sometime. You needed somebody to help you along the way on a discouraging day to lift you up. Can you make that commitment right now? I'm going to help my brother. I'm going to help my sister. We're going to encourage one another. We're going to strengthen one another. I want you to pray for them right now that the Lord will help you be an encourager to them and that the Lord will let them be an encourager to you. We're going to make it together. We're going to strive together. We're going to reach the city together. Come on, make that commitment to the Lord right now. Make that commitment to the Lord right now. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Come on, we're going to do this together. We're going to do this together. Life may have its struggles, but we're going to get through this thing. We're going to come out the other side of it. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes, yes. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Why don't you give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning? Why don't you thank Him for the promise of heaven, the promise of His imminent return today? Come on, it's not going to be long until we're going to hear Him say, well done. Hallelujah. Could I reach back and catch an old heaven song before we close this morning? Soon and very soon. We are going to see the King. Oh, soon and very soon. We are going to see the King. Oh, soon and very soon. Here's the hope of the church. 